0: Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. Five o'clock hours
1: here. You heard it. Nova Home Loan Studios. Thanks to Dustin DeHart for popping on with us earlier. Uh, Adam Hill gave out a bunch of good waiver pickup advice, so make sure you listen to the podcast up at LBsportsnetwork.com.
0: Battle Injury Lawyers presents The Big Five at Five. Number five.
1: Boy, Ari was very fired up to send this one over. Ari, I'll have you deliver this one. DJ Mustard, huh? DJ Mustard, and his studio rules. Did this make you think of something else?
2: Oh, not at all. I was just reading it and just thought it'd be a cool story. Uh, yes. He uh, he calls well, it. Was
1: good. <laughs> good. Good job, all right? Good sarcasm.
2: He calls it Don't being wait, ugly instead of uh, energy vampire, as you call it. Yeah, yeah. It's very soon. Yeah, there
1: you go. See, you're learning. Love like it. that.
2: That's the tease. Okay. Yes. And here we go for the segue now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he put up some rules. He went viral because he said, "You cannot come in my studio if you're ugly." Uh, a I, lot of-
1: I love this so much. One, I'd be banned from the studio. But this <laughs> brings us back to many celebrity rumors that we've heard, Adam. And you know, a lot of them emanate from Vegas about certain celebrities and what they want and what they don't want around them. Still my favorite ones are the rumors that uh, Barbara Streisand and Diana Ross, there was a point where you, the people, the servers and helpers were not allowed to look at them. I like that rule. Me too. Don't look at me. I want. You're not I, worthy of looking at me. I want
3: that at Lotus. Same. <laughs> Especially uh, in my office.
1: Well, does it even matter when you don't make eye contact? How would you even notice?
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: Peripheral. But the no ugly people in studio is so. What was the reaction? I mean, it's kind of brilliant. I mean, is it is it serious? So what what is so? What uh, does this person say? What's a, it's a distraction? It, it throws them off their game. Like, what's the deal?
2: He says this has nothing to do. He had to update it because uh, ugly people took offense. Apparently, uh, ah, this has nothing to do with how you look. It's about the energy you're putting out. Yes, there is such a thing as an ugly attitude, and personally. A personality right. i'm sorry so if your energy ain't bright, stay your ugly butt at home your soul is what's going to shine here
1: so this goes back to what gruden said about energy vampires he was pointing to trent brown and how we talk about on this show we don't want energy vampires we're all unfortunately energy vampires but it's like who's the most you know who's the strongest when it comes to being an energy
3: vampire i get it i get what he's saying Although we, we don't want energy vampires, but we, we will take Trent Brown on the show.
2: Yes. Please. Oh, for sure. <laughs> if you want sure. to come on.
3: <laughs> no ugly people.
1: All right. Do you want to make a list of ugly people that you do not want in the Lotus Studios? We're never there. I've already got one.
2: <laughs> I've got, yeah, I was just going to say, I have a, a big old list. Just keeps getting bigger and bigger.
1: Oh, wow. Look at you. Spilling the dirt about work. Nice. Very nice. Wait, you already have a list, Adam? I do. Yeah, I do
3: into my wall jeez look at it every day you guys really thought about this one you already have the list ready to go how
2: about guess that makes us ugly
3: i like other rules though like he has do not come in my room just to look at what the blank i'm doing
1: yep well that that, i mean
3: that ari can speak to that right that on air light
1: means especially when we're not there like when we're there and they can see someone hosting the show it connects with people in our building, like, oh, that could be live radio. When you're in there, it doesn't matter, because I I guess they think, like, nothing's going on. Meanwhile, you're trying to balance a bunch of things, and I see it, again, I always make reference to, when we're out of the studio, we have a little, you know, video system, and I can see Ari, like, all of a sudden, he's starting to talk Mm -hmm. to someone, and and I start typing. I'm like, tell them to get out! Leave the studio now!
2: Even if it's a manager. No small
3: talk. My team and I have blank to do. Oh, my God.
2: This is I Love
1: it I, I shouldn't say i was around some small talk yesterday and i'm like i don't know how this works like like you you because you and i were bouncing around i'm not saying we work harder than anyone else but you no. know th- there's stuff going on all the time like i had like 45 minutes to get some stuff done and i was like man there's there's some chatter there's some chatter happening
3: well and i i i know i, I know that i'm around people especially God, working at home has kind of done oh, it man. but when you go to the office too like when, the times I did used to go into the office at of the RJ, I'll just I'll just say right now, and everybody has talked about this, I think that we have learned through the pandemic that you can be a lot more productive not being in office settings yep. because of small talk.
1: Uh, by the way, I didn't need to learn that from the pandemic. I have worked from home prepping shows for basically 15 years, and the few times I go into an office, I'm like, this is so unproductive. Why can't people just sit at their desk and work? it's like people get bored that i have to go up and i have to walk around every 15 minutes no you don't i don't get up well then i sit in a chair and that's it it's time to work
3: and then i make an egg in the waffle maker and then i go back to work that's it that's the break but then you also get accused of being grumpy and this is a, does a person... you're saying you you do too and i but, do too but, because but, but, but yeah like, no. oh, not Cause,
1: cause it's work time yeah, yeah i know it's i i I, believe me i know it doesn't help either one of us and it doesn't help ari because he's the same way but it's just i don't understand the need to walk around and chit chat
3: all the constantly but it's not even like if you want to do it fine but you have to understand it's on you right so if you're working and you're trying to get something done and you have a deadline or something and somebody walks up to you and they're like oh hey how was your weekend and you're like what and you're like "Go back to work (laughs) Like, oh, that was rude. No, you're rude. Yeah. Like, I. Look, no, this is on yeah. you. Yeah. What are you talking about? Why are you asking me
1: this? Wow, well, good one, Ari. We thought <laughs> we were just going to talk about ugly people and bad energy in studios, but it's. I didn't know the other rule was don't come up and chit chat for DJ Mustard.
3: Well, he does also have uh, one which was kind of ridiculous of. Um, I'm a pre- be happy to breathe the same air as a Grammy Award winner. Okay, well that <laughs> so that goes
1: back to what I said right at the beginning, right? <laughs> yes. Diana Ross and Barbra Streisand supposedly yes. don't look at
3: me. But I think what he's saying you're not is worthy like, of looking at. I think it. what he's saying is like, hey, there's a lot of people out here that would love to have whatever role you're playing in the studio. I don't think you say that. Appreciate it. I but I don't think you say that. I'm okay with it. Oh boy,
1: publicly, really?
2: Ooh. Yeah. I really hope a lot of people are listening please move on
1: <laughs> number four Adam's going to get himself in a lot of trouble in the building wait wait a second all right see this is going to be funny is it yeah it is going to be funny so LeBron James in a recent interview was talking about the opportunity to play in the NFL what was the NBA going through a lockout at the time 2011 yeah recent interview Man and cast bro
3: Oh, it was Manningcast. Okay, Manningcast. Sorry. I Which, by gonna, the way, like, yeah.
1: before we get that, to that, this. is a great get. That's a, that is a great clip for the Manningcast.
3: But do you know? Do you understand? Freaking ESPN, and it maybe it's the Mannings. What they do? you know, they're done. Wait, what? Three weeks. That was it. And they're like, oh, "We're going to come back week seven and eight, maybe." Like wh- maybe. what? What? Yeah, this is it's broadcast. gotten bigger and bigger every week it's like the biggest show on television take now. off the
1: main broadcast
3: that's the pro. that's the issue i think they're cutting into the main broadcast yep. too much yep. and they're freaking out just make that the main show that's what people care about sorry i was annoyed about that that's true uh jerry jones offered me a contract also uh p carroll did uh, as well in seattle uh during our lockout time and it definitely got my my blood flowing again got my mind racing again thinking about the game of football you know being out there on sundays but uh you know, we was able to get a deal done in the NBA, and I was back on the court in no time. But I definitely thought about it. I still got the jersey too that uh, Jerry and Pete Carroll sent me. Cool story,
1: fun times. Do we want to break this down from a real football standpoint? Well, that he would be terrible. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> he would have almost no shot.
3: Can I? Can I like also in a, in, a, in a short
1: in a short amount of time like that? Right. He's he's no different. He's no different than Tebow. Or you know, we've the guy we lean on for the stuff is Johnny Stanton, who played quarterback and linebacker at UNLV, he was at Nebraska, a junior college guy, and he told us, you know, the transition from whatever you've done in football to playing tight end, and I know LeBron was a receiver way back in high school. Like, it's a whole different ballgame, and that's why Tebow, whether it was work ethic or, you know, lack of ability, but the main thing is it's, it's, it's a
3: freaking hard transition. But I want to be clear to say that I think LeBron probably could have been a very, very good football player if he played football. Oh, I think if he if he had played it, but what, but like what? but signing like them signing him to me is more of a pub stunt. Sure, like he wouldn't be able to play that year well, and get on the field. But I mean, what you would do is say, hey, if you're going to be locked out, it's going to last a couple of years. Come be on the practice squad for a year, right. figure it out, and next year maybe you're good. Like that's that would be, but that's not what they would have done. They would have put him right in the game, and just it's, it would be a publicity also, thing. Also,
1: amazingly stupid. LeBron knew risking his career, <laughs> no how knew how valuable he was then. I mean, the guy's on his way to being a billionaire, and he's going to risk, you know,
3: shredding his knee. So we're not we're not saying he couldn't have played football. Stuff. Couldn't have played football if he wanted to, and eh. he stuck with it. At this point in 2011, he had not played football for a decade. Eh. Like, well, come on, it's, you don't just walk into the NFL. That's insane. As great of an athlete as it he is, crazy is. though. No, he... could he walk in as I've said a long time and be the best team handball player in the world? Yes, but football. That's a tough one.
1: Number three. I don't know why you had a diss Team Handball. I don't know what that was all about. Because I
3: fully believe, I love the sport, and I fully believe that we could dominate that sport if we put our best athletes in this. And I want to do it. Someday. That sounds like the take for a lot of sports, though. I want to be, uh, but the, I think the soccer one is insane. If you watch a team, everyone out there, if you've never seen Team Handball, go watch a match on there YouTube tonight and think about what we would do if we had our like NBA stars and some of our like uh, NFL like receivers and linebackers playing this sport, we would Serbia get out. Who's We're gonna the best country? You? It's like the, the the former Yugoslavia nations are really good. You know, Serbia and Croatia and places like that, Montenegro. Those are the those are really good countries. We would dominate that sport. And Uh-oh. I want to I want to be the I want to be like the uh, uh, who is our who's the the Colangelo. Ought to be Colangelo of Team Handball. And I want to run Team USA. If there's men's and women's, right? Yeah. If
1: we took Serena Williams and Venus Williams and put them in the men's field, if you had them practice for like three months,
3: I don't know could if they t- beat anyone in the world? I don't know if tennis translates. You don't- What's handball? Dude, you, I'm saying you got to watch it. It's What is it? It's a combination of basketball soccer like you you take a ball you have to throw it into the net oh it's like lacrosse yeah but you it's you throw it but you can like you can jump from way from a line and jump like all the way near the net and and throw it in I don't think I've ever seen this. You've got to watch it. I don't
1: know why I was thinking. But during it was the break. Tennis.
3: No, during the break. I'm not watching it during the break. Yes, We've, we have to. Very busy. To this show, is, this is you,
1: you just said no chit-chat. We're very busy now. This is, now this is about the show. You're
3: live chit-chatting on a sports talk no, show. No, this is about the show. We have to discuss it when you, after you see what team handball is. I'm not watching handball during the break. We will dominate
1: service. this sport. It's not going to happen. It's my life's mission. Not the dominating part. Number
0: three.
1: By the way, I just got distracted. Uh, listener Steve said the uh, the no looking at me thing may apply to a wish from Mariah Carey as well. Sound, it sounds about right. Yeah, i heard that. I like that.
3: But I also think we've gotten to a point where anybody that's like could be a diva, we just say that was one of their rules. Number three. <laughs> Go back to two. <laughs> Number
1: three. Zeke. 95 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. They did lighten the load, though. 17 carries. Pollard got 11. My over-under bet yesterday of 35 yards for Tony Pollard. 35 and a half. Oops. He got 60. Uh, Zeke also got three targets out of the backfield. He's back. Zeke's back.
3: Is he? Yes. I mean, the to of Top five of me, fantasy running back. The Eagles weren't playing well. No. He's not, he's not top five. Um because of pollard really and and they should continue to use pollard like why would you not he's playing very well and he's a good change of pace back and does a lot of the things he, he, they both complement each other pretty well in the offense when you think about it it really is absurd
1: unless you believe you have some giant drop off to the back number two it really is absurd in modern day football to to give one running back 25 or 27 carries because yeah. you're hurting yourself down the road you're killing the guy you should have someone on the roster who can carry the ball eight to ten times I mean they do that's what they do in, in uh, it's amazing when you look at the numbers of touches for Joe Mixon like he's a really good player they pretty much every game they max him out it's like 19 20, 21 yeah and and they've always they always they've always had you know a decent running back by committee behind whoever the lead guy was in really Cin- which of all teams Cincinnati right that hasn't been great but they make sure that they're not gonna
3: kill the guy what you really should do actually is Just be completely heartless and make a complete business. And you just, you're like, hey, we're keeping the guy for two years, and we're going to give it to him 450 times for two years, and he's done. But I don't think it's the best thing for later in the season. Maybe not. But I mean, I I I think you're the the style that we've gone to of multiple running backs and spreading it out is it helps. Hey, if you want to keep a guy for five six years, yeah, it's going to help him. And later in the season, it, it could help as well. Uh, but I mean I, I would just say if you're if you're really gonna go for it, you just don't expect the guy to be there any longer than two or three years.
1: So last night, uh, right at the end of the Cowboys game, randomly you and I happened to show up at the same gin joint, uh, gin mill, um, and there were a lot of Cowboys fans there. Yeah. I think we got someone. This is one I like this bet so much. Oh yeah. We don't have to name the person, but they're a Cowboys fan. And they were like they were like so fired up after the Cowboys game, it was like, okay, yeah, Cowboys are they're good. But again, the same themes are there. Dak lasting the whole season, you know, Zeke working, moving forward. Lyle Collins, is he coming back after this time game suspension or not? Can the rest of the line stay healthy? Is their defense really improved? And the biggest factor of all, as Panny just mentioned, you know, I was saying, Hey, they didn't have to deal with Mike McCarthy's buffoonery with clock management. They did at the end of the first half. Mike McCarthy is a loss waiting to happen in a close game. So, one of our friends was like, uh, oh, look at the rest of the schedule. They're two on one right now. They're gonna roll. They're gonna go 13 and 4. And I was like, What? I went through their schedule and I was probably being a little bit harsh. I'm like, "Yeah, they're gonna go five and nine the rest of the way. So I'm like, I'll bet, I'll bet anything under ten wins. Right? He fires a twelve at us. I'm like, all right, I have to do it. I gotta take your money. Do we get the under?
3: which is good but I, I did just i'm trying to find it i know uh somebody put out a schedule based on dvoa of every team in the league and right i believe the cowboys have the eighth easiest schedule going forward um it's it's not i just don't think they're that good you know i heard God, who did somebody said so something where are you me, suggesting they could win a lot of games but they're still not that good yeah um but i, I still i think under yeah under 12 is i think a great bet i made yep. the bet so i mean yep. I'm, I'm there yep. um you know, I heard somebody suggest today that the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. And I was like, settle down. Oh, my God. Settle down. That, that, was, that was the Eagles. Like Coming into the year, we projected the Eagles as one of the worst teams in the league. So
1: rest of the season, they're at Patriots, at Vikings, at Chiefs, at Saints, at football team, at Giants, at Eagles. Home against the Raiders. Home Raiders. Falcons come there. Broncos come there cardinals later in the year we know what the cardinals did to him last year that that
3: they're not winning 13 games cut it out yeah i think that's and they're I not winning so. 12 which is what our bet was yeah i think 11 and 6 is probably it's more than enough to, that's the other thing i mean if they're if they've won 11 games what's the motivation won't they have the division clinched by like week nine that's another problem <laughs> and if if they do blow away the division
1: i mean i think mccarthy's smart enough to manage dak prescott down the stretch yeah
3: and Zeke and everyone, like, and why would Amari Cooper be playing? Like, I, I think those guys, uh, I think those guys are gonna have the if the, if they're that good, if they're good enough to win that many games, they're gonna be blowing out the, good the field. Point. It actually plays to our favor if they yeah. get if they get to eleven.
1: What are they gonna have a three game gap in the division? Yeah. They're gonna play anyone at the Eagles the final game. They shouldn't. Number two, Raiders are three zero. This is the show. It's actually the station. I'm the only glass overflowing guy. This is the station of pump the brakes. Sure. I don't mind it. A lot of you guys make sense, but now Ari is on board. Ari read some story by bill.
3: As he bill Williamson. It and, and
1: he said that bill no. called the Raiders quote, one of the league's new power teams. And, <laughs> And Ari said, everyone's going crazy over this Raiders start. <laughs> he said, if if this was any other team that wasn't 8-8 eight and eight last season and looking mediocre heading into this season, do you think the response would be this overwhelming this early? No. Is he is on to something? No, it's... Again, this could be twice in a big five that Ari nailed something.
3: <laughs> or at least had a good thought that we could sure. play off Don't of. Don't be ugly. Uh, he... Th- 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 there is reason... There's absolutely reason that you could point to what the Raiders have done so far and be incredibly optimistic about the season. And you should be. I mean, most people expect them to be 1-2 and right now. I expect them to be 1-2 and right now. Um, They've, you know, going into the season, we said, hey, if the defense could not be number 30 or 31 or 32, if they could get to mid-20s, this team has a chance to be much, much better because the offense is good enough. The defense has been more than that. The defense has been a top 20, defense, maybe a top 15 defense. DVOA, I think like 16, 17 right now. Um, They've been really good. And the offensive, of course, has been able to throw the ball at will. They can't really run, and the offensive line is struggling, but the the offense has been more than enough. They've won all three games. First team in NFL history to win three straight games to start the season against teams that won 10 or more the previous year. That's historic in their start. But Miami was a struggle. Baltimore was a fluke um, and and you know the the game in the middle against Pittsburgh which I think Pittsburgh's awful. So there is, there's reasons to look on both sides and say okay, maybe it's not as good as you might think, it's probably not as bad as some people might make it out to be. It's somewhere in the middle. Like this is a really good start. It's something to build off of.
1: Number 1. I mean, let's do it. MVP, MVP, MVP. He's got the sense of humor. He's got the new hair, which he should never cut. Sure. He's got 1,203 yards in the air. Derek Carr,
3: MVP. People are betting it, aren't they? People yes. are betting it, aren't they? I don't know if they're betting it or if the market is just adjusting, but the numbers are coming down. I was trying to Let's get it. the, uh, they should trying to get the latest. I believe he's tied for the fourth choice to win That's the it. MVP right now. That's it. Um, I will say, if you're being objective, if you All took right. a vote today, he has to win, right? Adam, I have no
1: idea. With MVP, if it's it comes down, to, is it the story that's the most important part? I saw I saw someone throw out a Coach of the Year through three games in the NFL, which is absurd, <laughs> and Gruden actually was not on the list. What? I'm like, he'd have to be in the running. No. It has to be, I would think.
3: Um, I mean, I think if you're taking a vote right now, you would say that Derek Carr probably should win. They're three and zero. They've they've had a tough schedule. He's thrown for over four hundred yards a game. Wow. How would you not vote for him? Matt Stafford
1: plus five fifty. Pat Mahomes six to one. Tom Brady plus six fifty. De- nope. Kyler Murray seven to one. Dak Prescott eight to one. Josh
3: Allen eight fifty. Derek Carr twelve tied with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And who thought going into the year that Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr would be tied for the odds for the MVP? But like I said, right now, if you took a vote, I mean, maybe there's some bias and you go somewhere else. But how, how it would be tough. Kyler Murray's having a good start, too. It would be tough to go against Derek Carr right now. Now, it's a long season. 14 games left, of course. But the numbers are... Preposterous right now.
1: On the way back, I'm going to get you an updated number on will, won't Raiders make the playoffs? And uh, also want you to break down how this team is, how are they winning, Adam? And yet we got this PFF, these guys saying the O line's no good, but they're winning.
0: How? It's the Big Five at five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570 <laughs> 9000.
1: We use this day, this next few days, creatively to buy some time to look at Chicago because we know we play them on a real short turnaround. Players will be back tomorrow for a little bit of a workout, and the players will have Wednesday off. But we have a lot of preparation to do for the Chargers, getting a little advanced work done on the Bears and and, uh, knowing it's going to be a short week.
0: Cofield and Company is on the road at the Nova Home Loan Studio.
2: game, do you smell me? From L.A. to Oakland to L.V.? LV. I'm smoking on this high-grade Wow, all right. A lot, game game game. A, lot a lot
1: of good like stuff there. A lot of good stuff there. Remember, bet with your head, not your heart. Uh, I appreciate that inside. I'm not going to call it a scoop, but a little nugget from John Gruden. I think a lot of coaches would be afraid to say that. Like, hey, yeah, we actually do use a, you know, a little bit of this time to look ahead to our next game. That could be weaponized. Don't I mean, worry about the Bears. Chargers are in front of you now. All your time goes to the Chargers.
3: I mean, it's, it's just smart, right? Of course it is. To say, yes. "Hey, we've got an extra off day coming into this." Well, I don't know if it's smart to say. It's smart to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you don't want to next week come back and be like, "Oh, we're just learning about the Bears right now." Well,
1: I don't think he would say that. But you could also see whatever blog you know, ChargersJerbrones sure. would. You know,
3: Gruden's looking ahead already. I think the argument would be uh, like 90% of our players came from the Chargers. I think we know them pretty well. Uh, That too. (laughs) We don't need to do a whole lot of work on them.
1: I mentioned before we took a break, Raiders make the playoffs. The number's updated. Can I guess? Yes is? Minus 130. Now you it. No is plus 110. Can't bet the no now. No, you lost
3: all value. All value. Yeah, it's all
1: gone. I, I Beginning of the season, remember what the number was? It was like
3: 260? It was a little uh, higher. It would be higher than that. No, I think it was lower. I, I mean, I think it was around there or slightly lower. Okay. It's about right. It wasn't like completely insane to think a team that – is expected to win about eight games, could win nine or ten and make the playoffs with an extra playoff spot especially.
1: And they've gotten two games that maybe they wouldn't get last year and and their year before, and that's why they fell short.
3: Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, I I, nobody – you're not going to overreact, and you also have to consider, like, the Chiefs are still the favorite to win the division for a reason. By the way, Raiders' biggest long shot in the division still. Wait, what? The Raiders are the biggest long shot to win the division still. Seriously? Yeah, are you in a are you in a, are you in one of the local apps right now? Of course I am.
1: Uh Chiefs are minus 105, Chargers plus 380, Broncos plus 400, Raiders plus 425.
3: Yeah. Hmm. So biggest biggest long shot to win the division still. And the Chargers, excuse me, the Chiefs, a prohibitive favorite. Yeah, not as big as they were. I mean, this no. would be the time to jump on the Chiefs. No, but a clear favorite, I should say, uh, to win
1: the division still. This team is excelling. They're 3-0. and I keep hearing from you stat nerds, led by the uh, dorks over at Pro Football Focus. I kid because I like PFF. But I keep hearing that the offensive line is no good beyond Colton Miller. Uh, I asked a question yesterday. Of Solomon Wilcox, who played in the NFL, consults with PFF. The question might be on here. But, uh, yeah, I was asking, basically, how is this happening? If the O-line stinks, their offense has been good. Let's face it. When you throw the ball quick, we don't want to ever negate the offensive line. But, if say, if
2: I throw a quick bubble screen, to the outside, you think the offensive line played a huge role in that play? What if I throw a quick slant or a quick fade route to the corner? Did the offensive
1: line play a huge significant role in that play? No, is the answer. Okay, you started freaking out when I threw the cut. You started like doing arm mode. I'm like, what's the does he curse in the cut? Quick what's pass. going on? Quick passes. Are you or are you like mimicking handball now because you're stuck on that too? I'm, I actually have. It's, it's streaming. We'll, we'll get computer. to it. We'll get to it. Uh, so no, that's the answer. They're, throw, they're basically overcoming by getting the ball the hell out of there quickly. I was
3: throwing quick passes to you. That's what, that's what I was doing. Throwing them all over the place. Like if someone
1: is running over Andre James, the ball is out quick. You saw that? I saw the video. <laughs> I mean, I think it was a leverage deal. He got caught in a bad position. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get out of his his snap. Well, that's stance quickly and enough. That's and that's also he, because he got
3: tumbled over. He's been having trouble snapping, so yes. he's focusing. Way too long on actually snapping it, and then getting run over, which has led to him being the 33rd ranked of 33 centers in the league. But, but it's not, still working. It's working, and to their credit, good for Gruden, good for Carr. And I, I just wrote a story about the development of the offensive line today that just posted in the review journal. So check it out. Uh, no, if if you to their credit, look what happened in the second half. Like they wore the Dolphins down, and they ran the ball, and they ran the ball not because Peyton Barber all of a sudden became Eric Dickerson. Because the offensive line actually started blocking somebody in the second half. and They warmed out and they ran them over. They got into a little bit of a comfort zone. So credit to them. And as bad as they've been, and they have been bad, there are signs. And, I mean, if the offense has been this good with a terrible offensive line, what would it be if the offensive line was average? Cofield got his mortgage
0: tuned up. You should, too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments.
3: He gets a pass now, though, stripped
0: away, now the puck is there, and they score!
1: Nolan Patrick was on the doorstep, Max Pacioretty was there to put the puck in,
0: he just jammed at it. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Dan Duva on the call, good to hear patches out there, that's Awesome. All right, Robin Leonard did a podcast recently. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, we know he's been, you know, kind of pushing back on some fans who were very pro-Flurry and some media members who may have been pro-Flurry. And he got into what he thinks the media had done the, you know, last year. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But he started out on this podcast explaining that, uh, you know, he the the Flurry passion, he he does he gets it. He gets it.
0: And I understand it, you know, it's a new new sports uh, sports franchise. I think also for the fan base here, you know, not everyone is like a grown-up with hockey and Absolute. all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's obviously a lot of them too, and the people that control the narrative of the hockey opinions in this city are not the, the best either. I mean, I've seen them say some really crazy things, and just look at this year, you know, how many people are saying, uh, you know, bad things about Petrangelo and all this stuff. Because these writers have no idea what they're talking about. They really don't. I mean, content creation is one thing, but putting out really bad opinions to people that are still learning the sport it's not a... In the end of the day, I'm not criticizing all of them. There's good writers. Okay,
1: so there's good writers. He finishes at the end. Um, are you mad that he got on you about this? <laughs> so
3: uh, that you don't know what you're talking it's, about? It's not me. Um, How do you know it's not you? <sighs> Here we go. Well, obviously, it's not me. Is that... Is anybody- Has any media person been more pro-Lenner than me? Anywhere? No, and it's been annoying. I don't think his family has been more pro-Lenner than me. So it's definitely not me. I I, Listen, I know who he's talking about because I've also heard this from people in the organization. So I don't think it's just Robin Leonard's opinion. Um, There's two outlets that he's talking about. And it's pretty clear to anybody that watches hockey in this market the two outlets that he's talking about. Uh, But... You 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 get his point, and he I don't think he's being like inflammatory. Uh, he's stating his opinion. Wait wait and listen. Okay.
1: Uh, this is from the residency podcast. Robin Leonard, goalie for the Golden Knights, as he he tries to give an example here of the way you can kind of shape performances in different ways in terms of the way
0: you write and describe them. I can play a few games uh, and we score more, and then I play a few games and we score less, and all of a sudden, well, oh, Robin, I'm playing good right now. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Flower's not playing. You know, Flower is such an athletic person. Honestly, like, it's so impressive. Uh, it's fancy. It looks great. It's, uh, you know what I mean? So he can have 20 shots, let in two goals, but he has two super saves, right? I have 20 shots, let in two goals. I don't have those saves because I don't play that way. Then it's like, oh, dude, Robin, he wasn't good today. Oh, Flower, uh, it was the same type of game, same shots. Ah, uh, no, he, he couldn't do anything. <laughs>
3: what do you think of that? Is that accurate? Of course it is. you see that? Of course it is. How often have we talked about... Exactly what he's saying. Wait, is this Leonard or is this our show? Are you sure this is not clips from our show talking about this? this I mean, this sounds like us the last two years. Well, you. Sure. I might push I back saying, on what you say, but you. Well, you've been advocating for the Flurry statue. Uh, you're the only one <laughs> in the market doing that. Might be, he might uh, be getting after me. <laughs> yes. you know, Robin Leonard I mean, like, I, no, I didn't hear any
1: radio guy pushing for me to get a statue. In time, Robin. In time. I'm pushing
3: for it.
0: Then they create this narrative about it. So I think it wasn't like fans necessarily jumped on me on purpose. You understand what I mean? I think it was a narrative to it too, created by by the media uh, that made it uh, very complicated to kind of break through and I still I'm I have a big hurdle to break through right now too.
1: That's an interesting chicken and the egg there. The the flurry mania here. And or maybe better stated the flurry versus Leonard battle. You think that was a, the, you think writers, media people, TV, radio were a big part of creating that. Or is that just fans being fans? And the the guy, the, the other guy was here first. He took him to a Stanley cup final. He's got this very likable personality. You know, then the handwriting's on the wall. They bring in another guy, the
3: next guy. And people are like, what the hell's going on? Our hero's getting burned here. No, I think you, you said it right, right at the beginning. It's chicken egg, right? Um, it's to me, this issue that he's discussing that he's talking about is valid. First of all, I don't know that he should care, but as we said, this is this is who he is, and I'm totally cool with him expressing himself. I it's just one of those things you, you wish he didn't care, but he does, and it's cool that he expresses it. Um What has been my biggest critique of the media for the most part that covers the Golden Knights? Their fans they're fans there's fans covering the team and so when you have fans covering the team I've always said the problem is you get too emotional and too caught up in it just like fans do and it's every right for fans to do that but the media shouldn't and so when you have me when you have fans covering the team they're gonna have the same kind of emotional swings that that fans do and you're gonna you're gonna be led to this and I think that's what he's talking about one of the most interesting things he said on this podcast,
1: and again, you can watch the whole podcast. It's uh, it's up on YouTube, and I tweeted it out earlier. It's called the Residency Podcast, relatively new pod, but they're landing a bunch of uh, good people, including Vegas Golden Knights, like Robin Leonard. He was on for 76 minutes, so this is just one thing he talked about were narratives and the battle between him and Flurry. But uh, on the way back, I want you to hear what he said about Alan Walsh. Remember the photo and the freaking sword through the back? Oh, yeah.
0: Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag
2: Don't touch it Don't even look at it
0: Only on ESPN <laughs> Las Vegas Take your
2: hand in there, Dave
1: We'll get back to Robin Leonard in the podcast and him talking about Alan Walsh here in a second uh, Some breaking news that was news like three weeks ago but it's made official now and I just noticed it because uh, Mike Ryan, is that the, the kid who works on the Levitard show, right? One of the, He's the executive producer he just tweeted out uh, the rumor, you know, about a month ago was that BYU and Notre Dame are going to meet up at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. He retweeted a uh, an announcement by BYU football saying the game's official October 8, 2022 in Vegas, BYU-Notre Dame. Uh, Mike Ryan from the Lebertard Show says, Notre Dame's AD is so damn good at scheduling neutral site games. Bruh, do you know what? I mean, the Notre Dame fans are getting in. Yeah. And the demand will – the price will be through the roof. I don't think people realize – I mean, come on. In this market, we know. I don't think people realize in Vegas what happens with BYU games. We just saw it against Arizona. It's crazy. They have like 48,000 of the 55,000 fans. This is not a – it's in theory it's a neutral site game. That will be a BYU home game unless – there's so much competition from Notre Dame fans that the tickets will literally be, you know, 300 on up, but I don't see that happening. BYU will have at least 70% of the fans.
3: And they won't it's not like they're traveling. They're here. They live they're here. They're here, and so what if they travel? No, but it's I'm a saying short trip. I'm saying they don't have but to. They are here, you're they're right. They're going to be here. Uh so yeah, it, it's neutral is in I guess in theory, in theory, yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's I mean, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be great for the city. I wonder will are we going to let them use the grass or they're going to play turf? Yeah, I haven't – I don't. you know what? What I don't remember what happened. Did they play on the
1: – they must have played on the artificial for BYU Arizona, right? I think so. I mean, if I were UNLV, I'd chart – what do you chart, like, a million dollars? <laughs> Forty. Forty million. Let's right? Go. One, it's an enemy. Two, like, hey, UNLV needs all the money they can get, and, you know, we know that the Raiders aren't always out to help them. UNLV's not getting anything.
3: That's a good point. It's all for you. The stadium is all for you. Right. Raiders Vegas. are like, you can
1: have it for free. <laughs> UNLV could get a cut and the Raiders are like, nah, free. Goodwill nah. gesture. Nah. Well, that's a good question. I have to I'll have to ask the powers that be what yeah. the deal is on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess UNLV doesn't own the field. Although they they probably should. Probably. Right? They definitely should. Probably should. Yes. That, that's, there's some good, you know, I hadn't thought about hardcore questions about the field trays. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Like who, who maintains them? It's
3: important. Uh, World Cup got, or World Cup, Gold Cup got to play in the grass. Yeah. That would be an amazing revenue generator. Of course. Like anytime you, if you
1: want to use the grass or, oh, the real grass, yeah. not the turf. No, they get to play in the grass. They wheeled it in. Have you walked downstairs at the stadium on the oh, grass? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the grass like? Don't it's just say grass. It's glorious. Is it? It's, gl- it's glorious, and then you walk on the turf and you're like, "What is this?" No, it's no, fine.
3: The turf's awesome. It's it's fine.
1: I'll tell you, I I had a, a couple of times I had a run up and down the sidelines, <laughs> and man, that that turf's fast. That artificial, t- I didn't run. How's your Achilles? I didn't <laughs> run. I would blow it out. Of course you would. But you know, there was a, I, I showed you a picture. Uh, Mike Dixon, a uh, you know, local media guy, shot a picture of me. He Sent it to me, and I'm like, "Oh boy, I look old." Like a you know sideline roll. And you're like, "Yeah, I look terrible." You're like leaning over on something. I wasn't leaning over on anything. But you were. I mean, I had, the problem is, I had the I had the glasses on, and then I had the the mask as a chin strap, so I just looked like an idiot.
3: <laughs> it wasn't a great photo, regardless. No, it wasn't good at <laughs> all. It wasn't flattering. I don't
1: know what, what's. I don't know what's happening. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Well, I do. It's just it's happening every day, and it's sad. Uh, so yeah, Robin letter on this podcast. Uh, very interesting. You know, the genesis of all no genesis of a lot of the flurry fan angst. McFlurry versus Leonard, not them personally, but that whole battle was from Alan Walsh, Flurry's guy with the freaking picture with the sword in the back, like, hey, he just got you know stabbed in the back. Flurry actually addressed Alan Walsh.
0: Leonard. I think Alan Walsh uh, it's, it's awesome for, I was pissed at the moment. Sure. 100% I was. I would be lying if I wasn't because it made, it, it made that playoff harder for me. But Alan Walsh is one of those agents that are really pushing for player rights getting be- uh, the game better players and it's, he's outspoken and I respect that. I'm outspoken. You understand what I mean? And in the end of the day, I respected him for standing out for his client.
1: Is that one of the things you like about Leonard? And I did say Flurry said it, but Le- that was Leonard. Um, is that one of the things you like about Leonard that he can be, he can see both sides of a
3: story? Well, in that he, he's, he has a unique perspective, but it usually is, is pretty fair. It's usually pretty reasoned. Yeah. And like, this is reason, like he could he could just say that guy's a jerk forever i don't care what he does what he says he's always a jerk but robin leonard is like pretty open and and honest about his feelings his emotions and he's saying like yeah i hated him for that i was, I was mad it sucked but at the same time I, I like some of the good stuff that he's doing and i can appreciate that at this you know while I, he's probably not gonna have dinner with the guy but he can respect what he's doing for the players that's cool grab bag today is brought to you by uh, justin Watkins, battle Born injury lawyers
1: Justin and Matt Hoffman, part of the uh, co and company crew for nine-plus years now. And, you know, we don't just let anyone on. Seriously. True. We let people on. We trust. Uh, and I trust Justin and Matt and the rest of the team at Battleborn Injury Lawyers with all my important legal issues. Adam does as well. Get that ticket fixed. Uh, Battleborn Injury Lawyers cares about getting you the best compensation for your injuries. you got to call them, 570-9000. And especially, you know, if you're in a situation where you're frustrated with your current attorney, not seeing the case move forward, call Justin, call Matt right now, 570 570- 9,000. Back into the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Grab bag or vax bag? I try to do this once a week because you and Ari bombard me with vaccination stories. But it is kind of important as we're on the edge of the NBA season. So, first of all, uh, there are stories out there that the staff and the officials are 100% vax. Well, there are plenty
3: of players and, like, high-profile players who are not. How's this going to play out? And some of the staffers are kind of annoyed and they're, they're expressing, you know, obviously not with their name attached cause they don't want to get fired, but, uh, they did speak out on an ESPN piece, kind of breaking down how everything's going to work this year. And a couple of them said like, you know, they were saying, Hey, yeah, there are breakthrough cases. You can still get it if you're vaccinated, but we're, we feel safe around other vaccinated people. Cause the more people around you that are vaccinated, the lower the percentages are that it's going to spread. Uh, that's just science and math common sense. It's not a political statement. That's, that's just fact. And so they're saying, if we could get all the players on the same page as all of us, like we could be very, very confident and comfortable going into a season. And some of them are saying like, yeah, I've got, you know, a wife with cancer. or I've got a mom that is immunocompromised or so even some of them said I have, I have a teenager with asthma and it could really impact them if they were to get it. So I'm not really comfortable being around players that aren't vaccinated. Uh, but, I think it's just an underlying, like, yesterday was a really bad day for the NBA, and a lot of people pointed that out. Like, some of the bizarre press conferences, some of the weird things that are going on uh, with some of the, you know, vaccination stances uh, with the players, which, by the way, speak about it. Let's hear from one of them. Bradley Beal is one of the star players who was
1: unvaccinated.
0: I mean, some people have bad reactions to the vaccine. Nobody likes to talk about that. What happens if one of our players gets the vaccine and they can't play after that or they have complications after that because there are cases like that but i feel like we don't talk about those as heavily because they're so minute maybe but i mean they are existent so we can to talk all day about it everybody's going to have their own opinion everybody's going to have their own timing and comfort of when they feel like they want to meet those criteria or needs or feel like they want to go through with getting the vaccine I have people that are very close to me that are vaccinated, just as well as I have people that are close to me and related to me that are not. So it's a fine line. It's a personal choice between everybody, 100%. Like, I understand both sides of it. Like, I understand that there's a percentage of people who can get very sick. I didn't get sick. I didn't get sick at all. I lost my smell, but...
3: Okay, that's it? Yeah. I don't want to lose my smell. <laughs> no, but I, what I want players to do... Yeah. I'm totally... cool. If you want to have this, this discussion, fine, but... Mm-hmm. Almost everyone and Bill's one and and Wiggins is another are like oh, I've you know I've checked it out I've looked into it I don't want to get it. Okay, well, what have you learned? Because I would I would like listen educate people. I would like to know what have well, you learned. Beal told and you they, he told you there, but he okay, there's night over 90 percent of the league is vaccinated. Who's the guy that's missing time? He said we don't talk about the guys that got vaccinated well, or were, missing time. There have been some there have been some baseball players that have missed time. No, from couple, the shop couple of days from the shop. Yeah, like that sure. can't play this year. He said who. Oh, in a game? He said who can't play? That, that could happen. It happened in baseball. There no, were a for games. a year. Who's out for a year? Oh, because they know. got the shot. They I didn't can't know play he anymore. Said, I didn't know he said the whole well, he year. He said you can't play anymore. That would insinuate you couldn't play. But also we're talking wow. about right now, that's not during not the, way the season. I took it. Okay, but well, fine. Well, explain it. Talk about it because most of them are on the follow ups are like that's a personal thing. No, if you've come to some some uh conclusion from doing your own facts and your own research and everything else, please let us know because that's helpful. Isn't that helpful to the process that you went out and researched this and you found out information that we don't know? Shouldn't you tell us, but you don't want to, because you're lying. That's why, because you don't want to be Nicki Minaj. That's why, because you're you're learning something from Facebook and you don't want to share it because you're going to be proven wrong. So, but please talk about the instances that you've learned about that. We haven't talked about. Nobody's stopping you. You don't want to talk about that. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Tell us. You've learned it. We need to know it. Tell us.
1: Thanks to Nova Home Loans for housing the show today. Tomorrow, we're on the road at Battleborne Injury Lawyers. uh, Tonight, 9 o'clock podcast. Petro and guest at Steve Cofield.